Okay, Tov. Today's daf is daf Yud. We are a bissel behind. We pick up on um, Teramud Bet, and we are dealing with um, the uh, Mishnah mentioned that the both by a get for a woman and for a get a star shichur or a get shichur for a slave, a rid of manumission, that they both save a said, and um, that this is one of the ways in which they're similar. And then the Gemara quoted a Breita that listed three or four ways, and actually the Breita is almost like a um, foreshadowing of the next series of Mishnayot, because those cases listed in the Breit are going to be dealt with in the following Mishnayot. So, um, and let's just quickly review what those are. You know, I'm, I guess I'll just, um, well, okay, I, I feel bad going back so quickly, so 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 much, but let's just read from the bottom of Teramadal very quickly. Tanu um, Rabbanan, four lines from the bottom of Teramadal, three ways they're the same, and these are going to be spelled out in also the coming Mishnayot. Um, you have to any get here meaning any star that has a Samaritan witness is invalid except for a get for a woman and a rid of manumission for a slave the, um, that's an interesting leniency which we will see what that's about in a minute um, or in coming Mishnah and all documents that are, come from non-Jewish courts um, even though they're non-Jewish uh, witnesses that signed on it are valid which is amazing and a totally secular document but the point being is that as we'll see in the Gemara that that's basically because it's just evidence it's evidence that the sale took place so we can use those types of documents the same way we do in our current uh, life it's, you know we use the uh, documents of sale that are processed through the banks we don't write up a co- you know like a halachic a star or something of that nature with the exception of a get for women and a, and a writ of manumission for a slave because those are not just evidence that something happened those are actually instruments to effect change of status and it's about personal status it's not just about the name Mammonis. so those of course have to be done classically according to halacha and are not good to use secular documents so those are three ways that they're similar Uchidibi Rebbe Meir Ba'arban Rebbe Meir says that there's a fourth way Omer ten if a person gives to a messenger a get for his wife or a star for a slave to be delivered then according to Rebbe Meir he can retract them before they've been delivered now um, why not I mean everybody should say you should be able to retract it hasn't been delivered yet no but the idea is according to the Chachamim you can't retract the one given to the slave because they say that that's definitely a zechut a merit a benefit for somebody to be free and therefore as soon as you told somebody deliver this to my slave that person automatically becomes a representative for the slave he can represent the slave's interest he can assume the slave would want to be free and become a shaliach for the slave and his receiving of it even before he delivered it to the slave is like he has been appointed by the slave as a messenger and he automatically is uh, the slave is automatically freed so that's the normal uh, that's what the Chachamim say that by a get for a woman we can't assume she wants to be divorced so she's not divorced until it reaches her hand but for the star of a slave as soon as somebody receives it um, he, he can act on behalf of the slave yeah. Rebbe Mayer disagrees. He wants to do like all these right. Things. So that's exactly Rebbe Mayer disagrees. Rebbe Mayer says it's not necessarily in the slave's best interest, and we cannot assume that that's true. And therefore, he's not freed until he actually receives the star. Okay, those are the ways in which these things are similar. Now the Gemara unpacks it. 
It's good for the rabbis. Why do they say three ways? What do they, when you say have a number, it means so you shouldn't think it's more. It's interesting. You could just say it's a number so that you remember them. But anyway, the Gemara says it's, a, it's in order to exclude something else. So for the rabbis, it's just it's a way of saying only three, not four. We don't include Rebbe Meir. We don't think a get and a start are similar in that way. A slave is freed as soon as the, the document is given to the shaliach. So we're excluding Rebbe Meir's position. El Rebbe Meir, what for Rebbe Meir when you say four? What are you coming to exclude? What other case might you have wanted to say would be the same? Um, so Gemara says, to exclude what we taught in the Brisa. Let's say witnesses don't know how to sign their own uh, signatures. You know, they're illiterate. Okay? But these are the only witnesses you can find. So what do you do? You, you tear a blank piece of paper. And you fill the, and you fill the tears with ink. Basically, you do an etch-a-sketch. Not an etch-a-sketch. What's it called? A stencil. You do a stencil. You cut out the, uh, the, the letters with a stencil and you have them fill, in the, fill it in. Okay, so that's what you do if they don't know how to sign their own names. Which is not much of a signature. I mean, it's obviously ink that they put to paper that is the letters of their name, but it's not distinctive in the sense of their handwriting because it's just filling in the stencil. Anyway, that's what you do. Okay, that counts as a signature. That can work for a get for a woman. But when it comes to, you know, uh, a writ of manumission or any other document, Okay, if they know how to read and to sign, they can do it. And if not, they can't. So it's interesting. He's more lenient for a get for a woman, okay, then for, which is the, the biggest thing in terms of personal status, than for any other document. So the obvious reason here is, is that it's a special leniency because if this husband, right, if this guy wanted to divorce his wife and we're not going to find witnesses and he's never going to be able to give her a get. So you look at Rashi, Begite Nashim, Rashi says, I don't even know where to tell you, about 20 lines down in the narrow lines, Mishim Tukundas Hagunos, Maybe he's about to go on a long way trip. We would say maybe, you know, they're living apart and they're effectively divorced, but he hasn't given her a get. Or maybe he's just not going to be living at home. Or maybe he's about to die and so there's going to be a Yibim situation. Sometimes you need that get to be given. So we'll make that leniency. But by everything else, including Shikhrei we will not. So now, so anyway, so that's what Rabbi Meir, when he says four, is excluding. It's only similar to four. Here's a way in which they're not similar, okay? In which at least, you know, that a get, maybe you would have this leniency and you would not have it by Shikhrei Okay, so the Gemara says, um, one minute, who said, read, we just were speaking about signing. What did he say that if they know how to read and sign, you can do it? We've only been talking about the signing problem, not the reading problem. So the Gemara says, it's missing some words, and here's how you have to read it. Even if the witnesses don't know how to read, you're dealing with really, not only they don't know how to sign the name, they don't know how to read. Okay, so what can you do for them? You can actually read the star to them and then provide them a stencil to fill it in. Okay, that's a lot that you're basically try, you know, sort of saying that that still counts as testifying. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I misread that. Excuse me. Excuse me. I misread that. If witnesses who, um, 
Um, no, 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 I didn't mean to. There's just two stages. If they don't know how to read, they don't know how to read, you read it before them, and then they sign with their own signatures. And if they don't know how to sign, you also make the stencil for them. Okay? So basically, you could wind up doing both for the witnesses. You can read it to them and have them fill in their names within the stencil. That's what you could do. But Rabshim Leo says, no, that's a really special allowance. We're only going to allow that by Gite Nashim. Okay? By other types of things, we are not going to allow it. Okay? So now, um, one minute. Um, okay, right. Okay, so that's what Rabbi Shemuel says. Now, by the way, Tosos, that's an interesting question. If you look at this little Tosos, Tosos says, Koyim Bechosmin. Tosos says the first wide line, the law have the APA. Tosos, one minute. If you're reading me what's in the document, so I am not actually myself testifying to what's in the document, right? I only know what's in the document because you're telling me it's in the document. <laughs> So how can I sign my name to it? Right? I'm not directly testifying to what's in the document. So Tosu says, She ain't seeking la hidal ikrahamasa, Elo Sha Omar Shaka Kasabishta. Okay, right. You can be reading what's in the story anyway. Right. Uh, exactly. So he says, um, okay, so he says, one minute, whatever Amy PH, Ain, Tsichim Lahir Al Igor Masa, Elosh Omer Shakar Kasabishkar, by Shnaim Karmafilu Yachi Karmaf, okay, etc. So this is basically says, right, it's a little bit funny because it says, but you're not, Amy PH is, you told me that a wedding took place, and I testified that a wedding took place. Okay, but here, I'm not exactly testifying that the wedding took place, I'm just testifying to what's written in the document, but it's still a little Amy PH, you're telling me what's in the document and I'm signing my name to it but it's a little bit different because I mean Tosos phrases it a little funny way my signatures I'm not testifying that the following words are written in the document my signature is saying I am testifying it's like those words in the document are the words that I am saying so you're telling me it's a little funny if you think about it you're right if I say let's say it's really the sole document written uh, no, Adus is, well, it depends what type of document right, it is. Right, well, no, that's the funny next of the Adus. But if it's like, let's say it's the Adus that says, you know, um, right, that the, I don't know, that the husband, uh, said um, to uh, it's, it's a funny but you know it depends on what type of document it is if it's a Starkinian like a get then the it's not test, that, that what's testifying hasn't happened yet you know and then is it that you're really testifying that it's the husband's will to divorce his wife and that he commanded it like you're saying and he commanded it to be written in the get if it's another type of document let's say it's a document the bill of sale and the sale took place and it's only testi- or testifying that the sale actually took place then it's testifying to past events but anyway it is funny because normally we see that the words of the star, it's not so much that the aid is testifying that those are the words written in the star, like I could read that for myself that those are the words written in the star. It's more like the words that are written in the star are the words of the aid. Right? The aid is actually saying those words in the star. He is saying, right, what, or a get, right. Oh, forget. Right, forget it's a little different. Forget it's that the husband is, that's more the voice of the husband and the aid is sort of testifying that the husband, like, you know, like, uh, appointed that to be written or, you know, or will, was will, you know, express that desire. Anyway, so, right, so it's not exactly, some, that's the point, that depending on what type of a star is it is, if it's a star raya, it's like he's saying the words in the document and if it's a star kinyan, meaning the star that affects a change in status, it's more that he's like validating and creating it but less that he's actually saying it. 
So it's interesting either way what it means to be able to say those words or know those words indirectly and not directly. Alright, so there's like two big chidushim here. One is that something counts as a signature when it's not your distinctive handwriting. And the other thing is that it counts as being able to affix your name to a document even if you don't directly know that those are the words in the document. Okay, and both of those leniencies, we, according, according to the Tanakhama, we allow those in all Shkarot, which is pretty amazing. And according to Rabbi Shemgam we allow it specifically by Gitei Nashim. But that's the case that Rabbi Meir was excluding. All right? So let's take a look now at the next case. Now the Gemara is going to go and unpack some of... But like, meaning Rabbi Meir is excluding it, that means he's saying that there is a difference. Yeah, he's like Rabbi Shemgam Either there's a difference, it's like Rabbi Shemgam it's only by Get, not by Shar Shechur, or it's not clear to me, it could be like the Tanakhama, and he could just be saying it's not unique to Gitei Nashim and Shechur Evadim. Either way, no, no opinion in this case about reading it and stenciling it. No opinion says it's a unique thing by a get and a star shikhur. It's either true by all shoros or it's only true by get. All right, so now we go on. Now the Gemara looks at other cases. The Suleka, are there no other cases in which Eved and Ish is the same? The Ha'ika, how about Omer Tnuget Zeli Ishi, Bishar Shikhur Zeli Avdi, Umeit, Lo Misa. If somebody says, now notice it's in the plural, Tnu, to witnesses. So give this get to my wife, and this meaning write and deliver a get to my wife, or write and deliver, because he's saying it in the plural, so presumably it also has to be written, write and deliver this document of a free, of, of Shikhrur to my slave, Umeis, and he dies. Lo Misa. They can't give it after he's dead, because, you know, you can't divorce your wife and you can't free your slave after you're dead. It's only something you can do when you're alive. Now, Rashi says, I don't get it. In the case of the slave, didn't we say that it takes effect immediately? So that's why Tosos emphasizes that the language here is in the plural, Tanu. If you gave a get of Shikhrur to you somebody to deliver to your slave, and then that person died, then the slave would be freed the minute the, the, the star got to the hand of the other person. But here, the guy, is, it isn't written yet. He's saying to witnesses, when he says give, what he's saying it's... What? Okay, but that's implicit. If there's two, if it's in the plural, it means get a star shikhur delivered to my slave. It means write it and deliver it. He's saying it to two police. So in that case, it's not written yet. Nobody can yet receive it for the slave. And then he dies. Or obviously, he's dead. You can no longer free the slave after the master is dead. I mean, the heirs could free the slave, but you can't do it based on the command of the dead master. And similarly about the husband. Yeah, but if, okay. it, but if it wasn't, let's say he already was there. Like, there wasn't a death. That would be different, okay? With the wife? No, because, because you don't say Zachan for the wife. Okay, okay, now, Lo yitnu lachamisa. Tnu mana the plonu mate, yitnu lachamisa. Now, let's say, however, the guy says, and let's say, because also, when we're talking about lachamisa, we could be imagining we're talking about a deathbed case. He says, give a hundred dollars to so-and-so, and then he dies. You, deli- you do give it after me, so why? Because that's an idea of mitzvah l'kayim dive hames. Okay, there's an idea of doing something when somebody commanded a deathbed wish, you, f- you satisfy it, you do it. Okay, but that we sort of say when it comes to his questions about his distribution of his property. Issues about freeing the slave or freeing the, uh, or, or divorcing the wife. Well, first of all, divorcing the wife, obviously, even were you to write again, it wouldn't be a kosher get, you know, for the wife, because uh, it has to be, because she's now an almana, she's no longer married to the guy, right? And similarly, you know, you can't write a get for, uh, for, for a slave now that he's owned by the heirs. You only can write that with the, you know, well, it, doesn't, it, it only constitutes a legitimate writ if it's coming from the current husband or the cur- whatever, or the current owner, okay? As opposed to money, money is a question more of distribution of property. It's not a validity of a star. And that, even though you say, well, the heirs now own the property. But nevertheless, we sort of say, well, the heirs now have a, like, you know, there's a responsibility to satisfy the, wi- the, the wishes, the deathbed wishes of the person. So that's why it's 
Yitmulach or Misa. Okay, so there's another case in which in which Star Shikhwar and a get are similar and different from other types of things. So the slave is not considered property in the same sense as money is. What? A slave is not considered property in the same sense as money is considered property. Uh, right, because a slave requires, it's not just like it requires to, to free him. I mean, I guess if he said, give my slave to Ruvain, then maybe we, then we would do that. Then it would be totally in terms of the question of transfer of property. But free my slave relates to personal status, and it's seen as different, and, and it requires a special star shikhwa, and it's different than an issue of property. Now, I said, I, 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 I said it was about Mitzvah Lakhim Divermes. Rashi says, if you look at Rashi, Tnuman of the Ploni, Rashi says, Dummy. So Rashi says that it more is like actually, I mean this is an interesting question in Halakha which I don't want to get into right now which is when is it an issue about satisfying the person's deathbed wishes which is an idea of mitzvah l'kaim diva hamez and when is it an idea that if a person actually distributes his property on his deathbed it actually immediately like takes effect on his, on his death as opposed to being an obligation to satisfy his wishes it actually automatically takes effect. Okay and that's the principle of diva shchiv mirakichsum nuchum surim dummy. Right, there's a question of why do you need, you know, why do you need the principle of mitzvah l'kayim diva hamais, which is not saying that it takes effect. It's just saying the heirs are supposed to do it, as opposed to, as opposed. That's one idea, which is the heirs have an obligation to do what he said, as opposed to divrei shivira kichesuvim 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 uchem surin dami, which means that when he says something on his deathbed and then he dies, it takes effect immediately when it comes to distribution of property. You so there's a... Qu- then like the, the document had been written? No, well, the question is, if, this, if we're applying this principle, then as soon as he dies, if I say, give, you know, I don't know, give my, uh, give my car to uh, Charlie or whatever, the guy says, give his car to Charlie, and as soon as he dies, um, then Charlie automatically owns the car. Right. Or do we say, no, 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 the heirs now have an obligation to give the car to Charlie, right? So, 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 so yes. Yeah. Like if it makes a difference in the situation where we're talking about a document needing to be written, not something... Yes, it does. And the Gemara is going to get to the document in one second. Anyway, so, so we're going to get right back to that. Anyway, so when he says give $100, it could fall in one of those two categories. Rashi says it falls in the second one. Um, but either way, when it's just about giving money, we automatically do that if a guy says it on his deathbed. But not if it comes to divorcing his wife, because anyway, then she's an almana, um, or freeing his slave. So why don't we say that's an area of comparison of those two? So the Gemara says exactly what Jenna says. Let's take a look. Um, no, 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 no. When we are saying things that are similar between a get and a star shikhor, it's only though it applies to only those two, but not to other documents. Milsa the Isabishtaros, but something that would be not unique to a get and a star shikhor would be true by all shtaros. Loktani, we are not listing because that's not unique to a get and a star shikhor. It's something that's just part of them being a star. Now how is that true here? The Shalach Rabbi Nishmei Rabbi Yavo. Rabbi Yavo said the name of Rabbi Yavo. Heavy Yodi, be aware. The Shalach Rabbi Eliezer Legola, Mishum Rabbein. Rabbi Eliezer sent to the exile the name of our master, which is, I guess, I guess Rabbi. Um, he sent the following teaching. Um, I'm not sure who's uh, anyway. Anyway, whoever Rabbein. Shchimira, he sent the following thing. Shchimira. Um, if he said, write a document 
um, and uh, give it uh, for $100 um, and give it to so-and-so that would transfer $100 to that person but put it in a document and give it to so-and-so so in that case Levoni umes and he dies you don't write it and give it because maybe he only wanted to transfer it through a star and a star doesn't work once the person is dead a star requires is basically an expression you know of will of the uh, of the person who's giving it and it only works if the person who wrote the star is still alive okay so therefore he says this is not unique to get in star shikwar right it basically is any time that somebody wants to transfer something with a star you can't write a star on a person's behalf once they're dead so if they want whether they wanted to divorce their wife free their slave or sell their house if they were doing it as a do it through the writing and delivery of a star you could want to do it or you could even go ahead and go through the motions after the guy is dead but it wouldn't take effect because a star is meaningless if the owner if the if the you know if the principle of the star is not alive alright so that you can't do as opposed to if he's just distributing property without a star so then the property the transfer of ownership of the property could occur at the person's death alright so if a person on his deathbed distributes property then on his death we say it almost becomes sort of like you know like inheritance works on the person's death the people that he identified owned those properties that he was distributing you don't need the person to be alive for that to happen that in a sense happens at his death but if it's to be delivered through a star the star can only be written and delivered while he is alive yes are we, is the underpinning of that concept are we assuming that the secretary says to start give this guy a hundred dollars the secretary in fact becomes a shalia for the receiver um, no, no, I mean, well, I'll see him look. It's a whole big thing in Baba Vasa, a whole parak about Shrivera, but it's more like it becomes a type of a, a, a type of a, like, a, a, like of an assigning, uh, it almost can become, I mean, there's a question conceptually how to see it, but it could become almost like an assigning of heirs. Like if a person says, I want this person to get this and this person to get that, it's like sort of like writing a will, you know? It's a verbal will, and then it all takes effect on his death, and then it gets distributed the same way, you know, his property, his, the ownership of his property transfers at his death to the heirs, it also transfers to the people that he's identified. Like, that's how it normally works. But that's saying that works if you're, all you're doing is distributing property. But if you're trying to get a, a, a star written, right, you, the, you can't write a star if the principal is dead. So that's, yeah. yeah. Because he writes the uh, star. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the person dies. Can he deliver that money afterwards? Um, no, I mean, a star, I mean, it's not just you can't write it after the person is dead. It can't take effect after the person is dead. Yeah, I'm sorry, I should be more precise. Right. So, right, even if a get is written, if the guy's dead, she's like already, I mean, that's the most obvious case, because then she's like already in Almana, you know. But even in another case, even if it's about transferring, I know, ownership of the house, right, you can't, uh, you, you, the star only works if uh, it's given when the principal is alive. Uh, yeah. If the person on his deathbed says, I want to give so much money to so-and-so. Right. So if the person, does the giver have to wait till the person dies? Yes. And then he gives it. Yes. Because if the person got better... Exactly. Okay. It only takes effect on his death. Yes. Sorry, just to clarify that. If, if he writes a star, gives it to Shaliyah and says... Free my slaves. Right. That would take effect immediately because as soon as the shaliach got it, it took effect. Exactly. But if he had the star in his, in, in, if he had the star written in his, uh, you know, in his drawer, and he said, "Give it to so and so after I die," then it would be too late. Okay. So now the remark continues. Um, the following. All right. 
So that's not a point of simila- similarity, or it is a point of similarity, but it's not unique to a get and a star shechor. So the word says like this. Um, how about lishma? That's a requirement by get and by a star shechor, because we learned star shechor from get. I mean, we haven't spelled that out yet, but we learned it from it. Okay, and uh, that's something that's unique to those two documents. Why isn't that listed? So the Gemara says, So according to Maraba, that's the point of saying that they both have to say, because one of the things that that's about for Rabba is Lishma, so it's implicit. And the Rava Kasha, but for Rava, why not list that as another point of requirement, uh, of similarity, that they both require Lishma, because for him, that's not what, what the Fani Nikhtav is about, so list that as another point of comparison. So the word says the two, and in addition, Bein the Rabba, Bein the Rabba, according to either opinion, what about the fact that neither a Get nor a Star Shechur can be attached to the ground when it's being written? Okay, because from both of them, we learn like the Kasa Vinasan or whatever, and we learn Star Shechur from Get Isha, that you can't have anything that, ne- that has to happen between the writing and the giving. So that applies to both. So we have all these other criteria that apply to both. So the Gemara says, no. Kiktani Tzuladurabana. No, our list of three areas of comparison are rabbinic things that are, that are problems. So write the Loktani. Biblical requirements we're not listing. So now the Gemara said, really? So now we're going to go back and look at the list of comparisons and see if those are only rabbinic points and not biblical points. So the Gemara says, one minute. The Ha Erkaus. So remember, point number one was the Fani Nichtav. That's fine. That's rabbinic. But point number two was um, about having a Samaritan sign. So that could be rabbinic. Samaritans are Jewish, and maybe there's some problem that we have with them, but maybe that's only rabbinic. But comparison number three was the invalidity of a get and a star shechur that's issued by a non-Jewish court. Well, that would seem to me to be pretty, pretty biblical, right? That you can't have a get issued by a non-Jewish court. It's probably a guna problem if you could, right? So the Gemara says, so how could you say it's only rabbinic? So the Gemara says, the ha'er How about the non-Jewish courts? The psuladil right to huvaktani. That's a biblical problem, and that's listed in the areas of comparison. So the Gemara says, no. But eighty yisurchur No, there's a way that that could only that that's only a rabbinic problem. How could it only be a rabbinic problem that it's given in front of kosher witnesses, and even though there are not, even though non-Jews signed it, it's delivered in front of kosher witnesses, and therefore, according to Rabbi Eliezer, for him, the witnesses that really matter are the witnesses that see it being delivered, not the witnesses who sign. Now, the funny thing is that might be the act of delivery, but according to him, it also has to be written correctly, right? It's got to be written lishman, it's got to be written all those things. So you have to imagine a scenario which is that somehow the document came out of a non-Jewish court but was written with the halacha which is funny I mean it has to be written by a Jew so maybe what it really means is you had a Jewish scribe write it but it got registered in the non-Jewish court meaning when it came since it came out of the non-Jewish court it means that it got signed and registered in the non-Jewish court but was written somehow according to halacha in a court, you know, and by a Jew so that would be the case so it says we could imagine a case where it was written properly signed by non-Jews and it's only a Durabanan problem according to Rabbi Eliezer so the Gemara says who says that it was the witnesses that matter are the witnesses that it's been delivered in front of. Okay? The Amar Eidi Mesira Karti. Someone says one minute. The Amidik Tani Seva, the answer is Rabbi Shimon Omer, Af Eluk Sherim. Even these documents are valid. We're going to see that in the coming Mishnah. Even when... Um, 
even when it's signed by non-Jews, it's a valid get. It's pretty amazing. A get signed by non-Jews is a valid get. And the Amr Rebbe Zera, and Rebbe Zera says, Yard Rebbe Shimon, So how could Rebbe Shimon say that signed by non-Jews is valid? So that, the only way he could say it is if he's going like Rebbe Eliezer and says that it really matters the witnesses it was delivered in front of, not the witnesses who signed it. Okay? So here what you have is the Mishnah later, I mean we quoted a bright, but now we're relating to the Mishnah later, says a get that comes from non-Jewish court with non-Jewish witnesses is invalid. Okay? And that's the way in which get and start shikar is the same. And the Shimon says it's valid. So Rabbi Shimon, who's saying it's valid, has to be following Rabbi Eliezer, who says you go by the witnesses, not the signed witnesses, but the witnesses who saw it being delivered. Which implies that the Takana Kama, who's saying it's invalid, doesn't go by Rabbi Eliezer, and says it's invalid on a Doraito level, because it's signed by non-kosher witnesses. Michlal the Takana Kama, Savar Lo, the Takana Kama holds that it's not valid, it's biblically invalid, because it's signed by puzzle witnesses. So the Quran says no. No, no, no. Even the Tanakhama would only say it's a rabbinic problem. And the diff- they both hold like Rabbi Eliezer. They both hold that it's biblically valid because it is signed by, because it goes by the witnesses who was given in front of. So what is the debate? The debate is maybe it's even rabbinically valid. Now how could it be rabbinically valid? Because let's say the witnesses have real good Goyesha names. It was signed by Chris Christopherson. Okay, so, so in that case, okay, uh, in that case, Rebbe, why should it be invalid rabbinically if it's valid biblically? Because look, the reason you put the signatures on it was so that you didn't have to go find the witnesses that actually saw it delivered. And you could rely on those signatures. So we're going to have to rabbinically invalidate it because you're not allowed to rely on those signatures. Because those signatures are non-Jews. That's only a rabbinic problem. Biblically, it was given in front of live witnesses. But rabbinically, it's invalid because we don't want you to rely on the signatures. But comes along, Rebbe Shimon, and he says, if those those signatures are obviously non-Jewish names, then I'm not even going to rabbinically invalidate it because you're going to know you can't rely on it. Okay? So what this Gemara is saying is that the debate is they could both hold that it's biblically valid because it was given in front of live kosher witnesses, okay, even though it has non-Jewish signatures on it. And the debate is whether it's rabbinically invalid. And that's a debate of are we going to rabbinically invalidate something that has obviously non-Jewish names on it. The Tanakam says, yes, I'm not going to allow any get with non-Jewish names. I don't care if they're obvious or not obvious. That's too dangerous to let that circulate and then you're going to rely on it. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, that's fine. If you know and it's obvious, I'm not afraid and you can use it. Okay? So, Biblically, they both agree it's valid because it was given in front of kosher witnesses. Okay? But the question is, are we going to say rabbinically it's invalid because you'll rely on the signatures and Rabbi Shimon isn't afraid about that when the signatures are obviously non-Jewish. Okay, so what the Gemara... Again, you have to sort of constantly step back and remind yourself what the Gemara is doing. The Gemara is saying, how come our list only consisted of three things of comparison if there are these other comparisons as well, Lishma and Mechuber and so on. So the current argument is that the list is only rabbinic invalidities. Now, how could the list only be rabbinic invalidities if one of the examples on the list is signed by non-Jews? And the Gemara's answer is, because we're assuming it goes by Ede Misira, the witnesses that saw it delivered, so the signatures are all of non-Jews is only a rabbinic problem, and, we're only, and therefore we're going to once again say that the list only consists of rabbinic invalidities, not of biblical problems, okay? Because e- even such a get is only a rabbinic problem because we go by the witnesses who are physically present. So now the Gemara's going to say, one minute. 
one minute the fourth thing on the list was Rebbe Meir's point that once the get is delivered to the shaliach um, you know you're still able to be chosen the f- husband can still uh, retract right or the same when it's given to for, to, for delivery for the slave the master can still retract so the ability to retract and to invalidate it is a biblical ability that he can retract right so therefore we are talking about points of biblical comparison right biblically he can retract in that case so you can't say the list only consists of rabbinic ideas Ella, fine. Gemara says, forget that. We're not going to say that the list is only rabbinic. Here's what we're going to say. Kigtani, milsad lesa bikidushin. Milsad isa bikidushin, logtani. When we're talking about the list, about the things that are points of comparison, those are things that are similar, that are true by get and star shechur, and not true by kidushin. Okay, so let's go through that. So the idea that um, for example, you, you say that not required by a star kiddushin. There's no aguna issue there. No reason to, even if somebody is, is marrying a woman, you can, a man can marry a woman through a star, right? The star could say, at So let's say he's sending his shaliach to deliver the star to a woman, okay? There would be no because we don't consider that an aguna case. Let them wait till they get together to get married or something. So there's no by a star by a woman. There's no we don't say an eight kusi is kosher by a, by a star kiddushin for a woman. We'll see about the whole eight kusi later. We don't allow a star, you know, coming out with non-Jewish signatures. You know, that, well, that actually, oh, wait, why would that be? That's puzzle. So why would that not be a problem by a woman? Hold on, let me just check Rashi. Um... Oh, that's interesting. So look at Rashi. Why the case of the non-Jewish signatures would not be a problem by Kiddushin. So Rashi is about five, six lines before the lines get wide. Rashi says like this. Um, okay. So again, we're assuming that there are kosher witnesses that see the star being given over. So now, what's the reason we invalidated it rabbinically by the get? Because by get, we didn't want, even though it was given in front of kosher witnesses, we didn't want there to be non-Jewish signatures because the woman would, like, rely on it, okay? And, um... Um, and you know you don't want to rely on non-Jewish signatures because Rashi says like the consequences Rashi says like this in both of those cases there's a legitimate concern that we don't want you to rely on on non-kosher on non-kosher witnesses okay but the question is what's the consequence of invalidating it the consequence of like invalidating a get would be to say we don't consider you divorced if you want to get divorced you need to write another get so there's like I mean there's a downside in terms of the woman that she's not divorced but there's no like concern of that will lead to halachic you know violation to invalidate it whereas by a star kiddushin if we said we invalidate the star then she'll go ahead and marry another man 
right? And that'll be like a huge cost and a huge consequence. So that's like how Rashi explains the difference. All right, Tosos, I think, has another explanation, but we won't worry about that. So basically what it is saying is, is that those points of comparison are things that are true by Star Shikra and by Aget and not true by Kiddushin, as opposed to Lishma and Mechubar. Lishma and Mechubar are both actually requirements by a Star Kiddushin. It can't be written on something Mechubar. It has to be written Lishma. Okay, so those are. So I, I think that this is probably getting way confusing for people. I'm sorry, because I, I'm always lacking in things to erase. But okay, here we go. Anyway, let's go through the things, okay? We have Bafani Nechtav. Here are the things that are written. Bafani Nechtav, A Kuti, okay? Um, Erkaot, which are basically, you know, you know, Ede Akum, okay, non-Jewish witnesses, those are the three, and then Rebbe Meir has Chazara, you know, being able to retract, um, afterwards, or not being able to retract. Okay, so the Gemara says, it could say all these three are rabbinic. This and this is obviously rabbinic. How would this be rabbinic if it's non-Jewish signatures? So it says, Ede Mesira. So that's why we're only listing things, right, because the question is, why not include, here's the Gemara's question, why not include Lishma and Mechubar? Those are also points of comparison. So the Mar first says, no, these are Doraita, you know, and this these, these are rabbinic. If this was Ede Mesira, then even non-Jewish witnesses are rabbinic. But the Gemara says, one minute. The ability to retract is also Doraita, right? The ability to retract. That's not a rabbinic point. So the Gemara, so that can't be the reason why we have this list and we didn't include those two. So the Gemara is now saying the difference is, is that whether these things are unique to this and uh, these are unique and it would not be true by Kiddushin. Mishman Mechubar not only do you require it by Get and Star Shechrur, you also require it by Star Kiddushin. Okay? Because we learn out Star Kiddushin from Get and we have the same requirements. These things only apply by Get and Star Shechrur, do not apply by Kiddushin. This doesn't apply by Kiddushin because there's no Aguna. This doesn't apply by Kiddushin. Well, we'll see later what that's about. Okay? This doesn't apply by Kiddushin because... Oh, the Gemara's going to ask that this should also apply by Kiddushin. If I say to a Shaliach, go give this, uh, you know, ring to, to this woman and make her my wife, I obviously can retract before she gets it. Right? So that's going to be... That's going to be the question the Gemara's going to ask. But this, why does a Star, a star Kiddushin with, a, with, with, with non-Jewish witnesses, even if there are any Mesira, why is that puzzled to Rabbanon? So basically, Rashi says, the cost would be too high to invalidate this to Rabbanon by a star Kiddushin. So none of these things are problems by Kiddushin, where these are. So this list is only things that are by Get and Star Shechur and not by Kiddushin. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to focus on the Chazara issue. So let's take a look. So Gemara says like this, one minute. Um, that exists by Kiddushin if I give a shliach a ring to give to, my, to give to a woman to marry her or a star I can retract before the woman gets the ring okay she, it's not necessarily true she wants to be married to me so I can retract so the mother says no no the point is is that is that is that shichor and a get can be done against the will of the woman and of the slave, right? It's the al-karcham. It can be done against their will. A woman doesn't get married unless she wants to. But get and a and a star shifter can be done against the will. And therefore, the idea 
there is no Havamina, this is the way Tosis explains it, there is no question that I can retract if I give a Shaliyah, I say, here, here's a ring, go marry that woman to me. There's no question I can retract. Like, everything is still a big question whether she's going to accept it or not. It's all based on her will. So, of course, there's no question that, oh my God, as soon as I gave him the ring, she's married. What do you mean? There's a whole other side that has to agree to it. So, the ability to retract is obvious there. But when I'm divorcing my wife or if I'm freeing my slave, it's all a one-sided act. Right? They get no say in it. So, in that case, you might have thought that I could actually, I'm, that once it's done, it's done. I can't be choser. So there you have to be mechadesh that I, that I can still be choser in that case, even though it's one-sided. Okay, so what the Gemara is saying is, you know what, you're right. In all cases, get Shashachor and Kiddushin, I can be choser before the other side gets it. Okay? However, it's not a Kiddush by Kiddushin. By Kiddushin, there's a whole other side that gets to the side. So of course, it's not done just because I gave it to the Shaliyah. The Kiddush is by getting and by and by star and by star shichur, there I might have thought it was done as soon as I gave it to the shaliach, and the answer is it's not. Okay, even there I can be choser. Okay, the begeri b'shlichus balkocha, the begeri shin isa b'kedushin lesa. All right, so we are now done with that very complicated gemara. Yes. According to Rabbi Meir, you can retract both because it's not even a star shichur is not necessarily he says in the best interest. According to the chachamim, you can't. Now we're dealing with Rabbi Meir. Okay. Rabbi Meir says for both you can retract because it's not necessarily in the best interest. So it says, yeah, here there's a chiddush that you can retract by a Gedan Shtar Shechur because it's all unilateral. So I might have thought you're not able to. And even there we say you are because the other side still has to receive it. They don't have to agree to it but they still have to receive it. So therefore, this is within Rebbe Meir who says, it's, who says you can retract, okay? By Kiddushin, it's much more obvious, okay? Anyway, all right. So, I, I, so, this, so I'll have to end this with a joke because that was just such hard gabara. So <laughs> about the ability about Kiddushin having an other side. So a guy goes to us, somebody says, I have a great uh, shirach for your, uh, for your daughter. Who? He says, the Prince of Wales. says, the Prince of Wales? Are you kidding? He's a guy. He says, yeah, I know, but yichus and his looks and he's got, you know, somebody, he's a chashev or whatever. I says, you're nuts. Anyway, day after day, week after week, month after month, he's hacking him in China. Anyway, finally, after like a year, he says, okay, fine, I mask him. So the guy says, great, now I just have to talk to the other side. <laughs> All right, so anyway... <laughs> All right, so uh, that's why you can be chosen by a kedushin. All right, so anyway, so the Gemara says like this: M- next Mishnah, Kol get Sheyeshalav. Now, after that complicated thing, we're now going to actually look at each case individually, and it's going to be a little bit easier. Kol get Sheyeshalav a kusi puzzle. Any get that has a, a, a Samaritan witness is invalid. That we said, and that's similar to by uh, excuse me chutz excuse me anything meaning any star is invalid. Here's the interesting leniency by get and star shechur chutz vigitei nashim v'shechur evadim except. Interestingly, by the more weighty documents, a get for a woman and a divorce writ, writ of manumission, there a Samaritan witness is okay. get isha. They brought a get uh, for uh, for a woman to him in this in this village. So, how you ate of ate kutim and the Samaritans were, and the witnesses were Samaritan witnesses. and he said it's valid. Now that's interesting because until now we said ate kuti in the singular, which sounded like you needed at least one you know you know Jew and one Samaritan. This sounds like even if both of them are Samaritan, we'll see that in the Gemara. But here we have this very interesting leniency, and we have to figure out what that's about. Let's take a look at the Gemara. 
So the Gemara says, Mani Masnisen. Who's our mission going like that we're lenient by a Samaritan? Lo Tanakama, Velo Rebbe Lazar, Velo Rebbe Shimon Gamliel. Not the Tanakama, not Rebbe Lazar, not Rebbe Shimon Gamliel. What does that mean? The Tani, we're talking to Bryce, that's three interesting opinions about the status of Samaritans. Matzah Skuti, a matzah baked by a Samaritan. Muteret is permissible, it's not considered chametz. We think that they're very careful about the mitzvah of chametz, and they, you, you don't have to be afraid about that. They, you, you know, if they're going to eat it on Pesach, so it's not chametz. Um, not only are we saying it's not chametz, we're saying that they were shomeret l'shem, you know, l'shem matzah's mitzvah. And you could eat it for, you could be yotze for your mitzvah of matzah on Pesach night. Okay, it actually was mishtameret. Okay, if you look at Rashi, like three lines into the, the Gemara, I mean, Rashi says, yotze ba yidei chavos ha-pesach, mishum chavos leo rishon, shuchayv lo matzah mishtameret. Not only is it not chametz, it's even considered to have been watched for the right purpose. Even if a normal thing we know is in chametz, that would not be enough to be yotze, your mitzvah of matzah, you have to watch it for the purpose of being Yotze the Mitzvah of Matzah now that sounds like one of those classic Torah Shabbat types of ideas that you would not expect the Samaritans to necessarily agree with and nevertheless the Tanakhama here is saying you assume that they are so careful by the laws of Chomet and Matzah that even that, that, not, that not only can you eat their Matzah and assume it's not Chomet that you can even assume that it sat, satisfied all the criteria of Matzah okay and it was watched for the purpose of Matzah now by by the way, the important thing here is there's a debate elsewhere, right, whether the Samaritans are actually Jewish or not Jewish. When they converted at the end of the Bayit Rishon period, by right, the whole story there in the Navi, which is that, you know, is that uh, um, you know, the Samaritans were sort of brought into the land of Israel um, by, you know, and then, um, and then the law, and then they were like, uh, they just did their old pagan practices, and then lions came and attacked them, and then they, you know, at, you know, and then they were told, oh yes, the God of this land, you have to follow his laws, and so on. Anyway, so then the question is, okay, well then did they was that what did they convert? You know, what, what exactly is their status? So that's debated in the Gemara. Everybody here assumes that they are Jewish. The question is, they might be Jewish, but they didn't, certainly had their own form of, of practice. It wasn't exactly Judaism. Okay, you know, they had their own Sefer Torah and whatever that had that had significant differences. So that's the question here. They are Jewish, but how much do we assume that they that they follow the mitzvot that we can rely on them? So the first opinion said you can rely on them. Not only is it not chametz, but you can even be yotze your mitzvah of matzah. That's the time to um, okay, so now it says like this: Rabbi Eliezer Oser, with he saying became the mitzvah. Rabbi Eliezer says, "No, they're not careful with the details, and you know, with devils in the details, or gods in the details, halachas in the details. Anyway, if they're not careful with the tiny details, so yeah, it might not be. Who knows? Like, it's not only is, can you not be yotzei the mitzvah matzah, you have to be concerned it might actually be chametz. Okay, Rabbi Kimnamliel Omer, Kol mitzvah shechaziku bakutim harbe midaktikim bayosem Yisrael. No, any mitzvah that they have seized onto, they're even more more meticulous than the Jews, okay, than naturally born Jews. So, anyway, presumably in Matzah is one of them. Now, exactly how do you know, you know, and for the Tanakhama, does the Tanakhama say for all mitzvahs they're careful about? Like, what exactly is the debate between, Rav Himlam Leo sounds like you have to know that this is a mitzvah that they've embraced, okay? Um, but it's not exactly clear, like for the Tanakhama, whether you would know, what, what standard you would know about whether it's the mitzvah, maybe Tanakhama feels all mitzvahs. Or, Tosos basically has a whole discussion, maybe for Tanakhama, it's all biblical mitzvahs they're careful about and for Shimon Amliel 
you know, you have to know it's a mitzvah they embrace, but if they embrace it, they're super careful even at the rabbinic level. So it's not exactly clear, right, how, you know, which category, um, you, you know, for Rabshimungamliya, which mitzvahs they are careful about, but certainly matzah is one of them. Anyway, that's the debate. So now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, um, money. Now, who is our Mishnah that allows for a Samaritan witness going like, but only for a get and a star shechor? E Tanakama, if it's the Tanakama, a few star shars nami. Right? So then for the Tanakama, he doesn't make distinctions. He feels like you can trust Putin for everything. So then it shouldn't be a difference what type of a document. Um E Rabbi Eliezer, if it's Rabbi Eliezer, he doesn't he seems to not trust them for anything. He seems that they're not careful. So a few star shars nami lo, you know, uh, nami lo. Right? Tanakama seems to totally accept them and they're good and you can rely on them, period. But Eliezer says you can never rely on them. The only one who seems to say sometimes yes, sometimes no, is Rabbi Shimungam Leo. Okay? See Rabbi Shimungam Leo, so then it depends. Is it something they've embraced or not something they've embraced? If they've embraced this, you should trust them for other documents. If they haven't embraced it, even not, even get Isha not. So now, of course, Rabbi Shimungam Leo is the most obvious choice to go because with him you can distinguish between the categories. So the most obvious thing to do is to say the next thing the Gemara suggests. The he came of Rav Shimonam Liyahu. Let's say our mission is Rav Shimonam Liyahu. But the Achzuk Baha. But he says, right? Tanakama says you can always trust him. Rav says you can never trust him. But Shimonam Liyahu says sometimes yes, sometimes no. So he's the perfect one to say get and start shichur yes, other things no. So eat the Achzuk Baha. Um, so it's they're careful about get and star shechur and therefore you can trust them in that area but not by other staros that works okay that seems to be a perfect answer Gemara says no Yehachi says if that's true then why can you only trust one witness you should also be able to trust two right if it's basically saying here's an area you can trust Kutim in by get and star shechur so then, it should be, you can trust two of them. Alama Amar Rebbe Leezer, why does Rebbe Leezer say, Lo hichiruba ela eid echad kuti, right? It says eid kuti. Only one kuti witness says one, but one is a Jewish, bilvad. So there's no good way to explain this. If they really are believed in the area of Get and Star Shechor and not other places, you should accept both. Why is it that you accept only one? Now, I do want to par- parenthetically say, what does this mean that they've embraced this area? Like, it's one thing to say they've embraced Shabbos, they've embraced matzah. What does it mean to embrace signing documents? Right? So what does it mean? Now you could say by a get and a star shikhrur there is a question. Do they believe that you have to sign at lishma? Right? We have the lishma requirement. So there is like a ritual aspect that they have to embrace. But what does it mean that they've embraced get and star shikhrur but not other documents? So what do they think about other documents? I don't understand. What does it mean embrace? It's a halacha? You're saying Ploni sold a plot of land, you know, he sold his house to really sold his house to land to Shimon. Oh, well, they haven't embraced that mitzvah. What mitzvah are you talking about? So it sounds like we're talking about, like, whether they feel that you have to be, like, honest and truthful when you sign documents. So what is it like? It's the mitzvah of Eid Sheker? It's a question of honesty? Right? It's a little funny. So then what the Gemara is really saying is, oh, when it comes to get and start shichur, that's about personal status. They would never lie about that. That they're going to be serious about. They won't put their names to a document that's about personal status that's actually not true. But if it's just about somebody selling somebody else a house, yeah, they'll put their names even if it's not true, they'll lie. I mean, it's a funny type of a split. It's about, it's about lying it's as opposed to like embracing a ritual requirement. Yes? It is funny, but it, it's interesting if you think about like an Israel 
religious requirements and many things, but like they want their guests. Right. right like that's true if it was like a religious requirement to say like they care about get and they don't care about Shabbos or whatever I can understand but they care about get but they don't care about signing truthfully to bills of sale it's a, like that's you know what I'm saying like that's like it's not a ritual thing you know it's a little it's, it's a little strange okay now the other thing to note by the way that Tosos and I should point out is that another Gemara says and even if they're careful in mitzvos, who says that they're careful about your mitzvos? Meaning the Gemara discusses the whole leaf naivir issue. If they don't believe in the leaf naivir problem, so maybe if you go to their house, you can eat their matzos. But how do you know they can bake matzos for you? Maybe they don't care to be machil you in the mitzvah. So Tosas actually says, well, maybe this whole discussion about eating their matzos is if they bake the, they bake the matzos for themselves. You know, they're prepared to eat it themselves. Say, I won't eat it sort of like the king's like taster of the food or whatever. I'm not going to eat this matzah until you eat it first or something. So that's like another aspect, right, which is sort of, which is funny because on the one hand, okay, logically it makes sense, but it also, raising that problem creates a tremendous amount of distrust between the communities. But it's like one thing to say like, I, you know, you're not so mocked on, you know, on this area, I don't know if I can eat the food or whatever. That's maybe, not, it's not great, but it's an objective assessment. But to say, even if you are mocked I don't know if you, that, you know, you're, go, you're caring about, you know, that, that that means that what you're feeding me is kosher. Again, that might be true could be that they really didn't care you know there was sort of antagonism between the communities so it does raise that other issue anyway so the Gemara here says even if you were to say you can trust them by Gittim and not by other things not by other documents why would we only allow one we should then allow two so the Gemara says Olam Rebbe Eliezer fine it's Rebbe Lezer. we don't have to say they're careful we could say that they're generally Rebbe Lezer says they're not careful as a rule about documents at all including Gittim so then why do we trust one witness by a get okay but the story is is that you have a Jew signing below the kuti. That's why we allow only one. One kuti and one Jew signature underneath. And then we could say the following. The ilad the kuti chavar have. If this kuti was not a trustworthy guy, okay, lo avi miktim le mikame, the Jew would not have allowed the kuti to have signed before him. Another way of saying that the Jew would not have signed under the kuti's name. I'm not going to fix my signature after that kuti. He's not a guy you can rely on. So implicitly by the fact that I put my signature below his is I basically have testified to the fact, validated the fact that this was a trustworthy kuti. Now Tosos raises the obvious problem here. If that's true, really the whole document relies on one person's signature. Right? You understand? The only reason you know you can trust the signature before me is because I'm testifying that it's valid. So it's all relying on my testimony. Because there's, okay, but anyway, biblically you could trust the kuti signature. We said before, these are only rabbinic concerns about their trustworthiness here in signing a document. So that's why we allow one signature because my signature came afterwards. So the Gemara says one minute. Ihachi says the Gemara, if that's true, a few star staris nami. So let let that be good even by a normal document that my signature comes after the kuti. Why only by a get? Ella, why don't we allow it by another document? I mean, and we say, Rav Chashavik Luman Dekashishmine. Maybe I was asked to sign a document, and I said, you know what, I'm going to put my signature on the second line, because I'll let somebody more important than me sign before. Okay? And therefore, the fact that my signature appears second doesn't mean I validated, implicitly acknowledged the previous signature. Maybe I left that line blank, and then you went and you got somebody else to sign it, you know, you know, ten minutes, you know, in a different room. 
room or, you know, down the street. So I didn't know that the Kuti was signing before me. I just left a blank line before it. Okay? So if that's why you can't trust it by another document, maybe I left a blank line and I signed my signature on the second line and I let somebody more important sign first. And you told me, maybe you told me you were going to get somebody more important. Okay? But then what happened was that person wasn't available, so you got a Kuti. So the fact that the Kuti signed before me doesn't prove that I acknowledged the validity of that signature. So that's, if that's true by other documents, it's true by a get. So how again do you explain why yes and why by a get? So Amar of Papa, Zosomeris, this tells you, Eri get, and here's the answer, because when it comes to signing a get, Enchos means Zebeloza. Everybody has to be in the room at the same time. And everybody has to sign in everybody's presence. So this heightened requirement by a get that doesn't apply by other documents, that everybody has to be in the room and sign in everybody's presence, so because we make that higher demand, it also though means that if there's any question about the witness, it's better because the witnesses afterwards were present when they signed the get and they're implicitly validating the previous witness. Okay? So, my time, and now what's the reason we have this higher requirement by a get? Because we're afraid that the guy will say, by a get, I can say, I want all of you in this room to be my witness. And in that case, the get is puzzle unless everybody signs. Now, that's not true by another document. Any other document, it's just two people, two men, makes ages, makes it a valid document, end of story. But because a get is so much the sort of will of the husband, sort of like, you know, you know, in embodied in the get, that's sort of how the get is seen, my desire to divorce my wife expressed and embodied in the get, therefore I can actually shape what makes it into a valid get, meaning I can make it make more demands, not fewer, obviously. And I can say that this will not be a valid get unless everybody here signs. Now if that's true, what's going to happen if I say that, and then you say, and then you all scatter, and you say, okay, you know what, but you know, uh, but, but, you know, um, you know uh, Jonathan, I'm going to go to you, and you're going to sign, and I'm going to tell you, don't worry, I'm going to go around and get everybody else to sign. And then I get like two or three of these people, but I don't get all of them. And then the, I deliver the get to my wife. Now, she's going to think she's divorced. There's two kosher signatures on it. But halachically, she's not, because I demanded that everybody do it. So once I've made the demand that everybody do it, you all need to refuse to sign unless everybody's in the room. Because if you agree to sign without everybody being in the room, the get's going to wind up looking kosher, and it's going to be puzzle. Because it's not going to have everybody's signature on it. Right? Is that clear? Right? Yes? Why? When I ma- if I made the demand that you all need to sign, then you should refuse to sign without everybody being present because, because more than two witnesses signing yes again. exactly more than two witnesses signing and it would, if I made the demand it would be possible if you didn't have all those witnesses so once I've made that demand you why should all that, what why, why does that stipulation exist well because we're going to see that because the idea is that it gets somehow because it, as I was saying before is an expression of the will of the husband there's an understanding that another husband can shape you know what makes it a valid get can add more requirements we'll see that later but that's but that is, but once that's true, you have to refuse to sign without everybody being present, or I'm going to make have something look like a kosher get, which isn't. And once that's true, when I do say kulchen, you all have to be present, we're just going to make a general rule that anytime signatures sign on a get, they all have to be present. And once that's true, if there's a kuti signature on a get, we can say that it's valid, because obviously everybody was present, so therefore they're 
implicitly acknowledging the validity of that signature. How do you know the number of witnesses that the husband said had to be there? You wouldn't. But that's why once we make this requirement, we, I mean, or maybe he could bring witnesses to say, you mean how could he challenge the get afterwards? Okay, but maybe again, maybe he could bring witnesses to testify to the fact that when he initially made that demand. Yeah. So let's just finish up. I know we're a little over, but let's just, the the end will go quickly here. So, Grufo, so let's go back and see what we said before. Amar of Lezer, lo hichu kuti bovad. Mike Mashal and Tanina. Why do you have to say only one that's in the Mishnah? Koga kezu aved kuti pasul. It says one aid except for gite nashim. So it's clear even one aid. It, it's we're only talking about one aid. No. Yim must nisin, if it was our Mishnah, have a mina few treinami. You could even have two witnesses that are kutim to be kosher by a get. Why did it say one? Mishum dimishtaros of hiduchad nami lo. It's telling you that by other staros, even one kuti witness is no good. But maybe I would think by a get, two would be valid. Kamash Milan, so Rebbe says no. Even by a get, we only allowed one kuti, for the reason we said before, because you need the other witness signature to validate it. So when says, Fetray low, are you telling me two are not kosher? Fakhtani, the end of the case is, is says, Masavivi, Lisnei Rebbe Gamliel, Lichvar Utanai, Get Isha, Vayu Eidav, Eide Kutim. There were two, two there were, the witnesses were, were kuti witnesses. Fiachshir, and it was good. So you see, for Rebbe Gamliel, two witnesses are good. So, uh, truthy witnesses. So, Abayi takes out the Yud. It says, it's witness was, okay, he takes it out. No, 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 Rav Namliel actually, keep it in. Rav Namliel allowed two, two Kuti witnesses. Rav Namliel, Rav Namliel argues he's even more lenient. It's missing some words and here's how you have to read it. Rav Namliel says even two Kuti witnesses are kosher. Maybe because he said like before, maybe like, like he feels like you can generally trust Kuti, like that other opinion. Okay, and he said it was kosher so what do you have you have the general assumption that you don't trust kutim for signing but by a get it's okay because of the demand that everybody be present the later signatures after the kuti implicitly validate the kuti signatures that's why it's good but it's only one and from Gamliel maybe is of the opinion that in general you can trust kutim in their signatures of kutim and therefore Gamliel says even if both of them are kuti signatures maybe he would even allow something that wasn't a get maybe in general he trusts kutim him, and therefore for him even if both of them are signed you are fine okay or maybe again maybe it's something that the Kutim are good in terms of Gitim not other things but either way in this case he trusts Kutim and therefore for him even both of them would be okay